Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I'm Charles here with Scott, Eric, Christian, Jen, and Kyle. And we're coming to you live on Transfer Deadline Day. The official Transfer Deadline Day has ended already at the time of this recording. Um, So we have all the results, all the, the news, all the crazy things that have gone on. I mean, I think you guys would agree with me, probably the one of the wildest transfer windows we've ever seen as, as fans of the game. I mean, more big money or big name transfers for very little money and some big name transfers for big money. And I mean, am, am I, am I, am I hitting the nail on the head guys? I think you are definitely speaking as a man United fan. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go from there. We'll start from there. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? And you know what the also, funny thing yes. is when you, when you ahead, first Eric. look at the window, when you first look at the window, we were kind of decrying it as, oh, it's slow. It's, you know, nothing's happening. And now, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been a big boom and turnaround in that area. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, before we get to all the, the exciting transfer news, we are going to uh, do a recap of some of the games this past weekend. We had a, an exciting week three of games. Um, big clash between Titans uh, as far as, title contenders liverpool and chelsea uh well i'm just gonna turn it over to my uh liverpool and chelsea compatriots and let them uh let you why don't you guys tell us how you saw the game how you want to kick it off or you want me to uh no i'll go first so um obviously the game ended in a 1-1 draw um for the first 40 minutes, I was pretty ecstatic because Chelsea were playing really, really well. Um, and then the red card issue happened and the um, penalty happened. Um, I thought you know, overall you know, Chelsea... You think it was a red card? No, I do think it was a red card. Um, okay. I thought, I thought the ref made the right decision. I think based on the rule being what it is now with the handball in the area. Um, the only thing I don't agree with was when he went over to the the VAR monitor, he didn't watch the video. He just saw a still of it and just, you know, he looked at the picture and then turned around and gave the red card, which is fine. You know, he probably had the VAR official in his ear, but if you're going to give a red card for the contact of the arm coming up to stop the ball, it might make sense to watch a video of the arm doing that. But, you know, it was a penalty. He moved his arm up, even if it was unintentional it, to stop the ball. So it is what it is. Um, but what I love the most was um, the fact that the team kind of, they almost imploded towards the end of that. You know, they could have fell apart before halftime, but they went in, they regrouped, mm-hmm. and they walked away from Anfield, a full, loud Anfield with a point. Yeah. So, I mean, given the circumstances, I couldn't be happier with how Chelsea played at the weekend. Um, so I don't, I, you know what I, I said after the game on Twitter, I don't really blame you. You know, I would too, if their situations were reversed and you were at home, like I said, with a loud, uh, one of the toughest, uh, parks in the, uh, in the league. And, and you guys did a really good job of keeping us at bay with your, your, your back line and then packing it in with, you know, nine men behind the ball, which I would have done the same thing. I saw some of our fans decrying that I'm like, what do you want? They're, they're one man down. What do you want? And they're on the road. I mean, you would have done the same thing. So Liverpool can't do it, can do it, but Chelsea can't do it. Like, you know, that's the way you defend. And we ultimately, we couldn't break that down. And we've always struggled, at least in the Klopp era, with breaking down the low blocks and, and kind of penetrating that. And we didn't have – we looked a little tired at the end, I think. Last 20, we didn't have a lot of answers. We just couldn't do anything. And 
we'll get into this in the Liverpool section of the, uh, the transfers, but I think it's kind of damning that Klopp had the chance to bring in Minamino and had the chance to bring in Origi and he chose not to. Like, we have really no answers when the front three aren't firing. And Bobby, of course, went off at a 40 with his injury, and who knows how long that'll be out. I've heard a couple months. I've heard a couple weeks. I don't know. But, um, you know, if not for most penalty, I don't know if anything would have gone in. And it's a shame we couldn't capitalize after that penalty with the momentum. The momentum was definitely ours after that. And like I said, hats off to Chelsea. I remember a couple of years ago, they seemed like be all attack and no defense. And they've really kind of turned it around, you know, with the, on the defensive side of the ball or with the personnel moves and the coaching move with Tuchel uh, over last year. So as much as I don't like them, don't like some of the fans, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's great. Um, got to hats off to Chelsea for getting a point uh, at our place. So uh, unfortunately we got to move on. And I said during the game, or I said before the game in our prediction, I predicted a tie and a draw and, and it was, but, I was a little disappointed having gone down to 10 men. That was our chance. I said, oh, we're going to definitely at least score, one, you know, I would think it one to push it over the line, make it 2-1. And a reasonable expectation would be to, to have that happen. And it just didn't. So I left that game kind of feeling deflated, a little bit disappointed, whereas Chelsea was elated, you know, stealing that point. So, so yeah, I think it's – I, I, I have a question, and this, this can be for, for anyone um, that, that did watch the game. Was – do you guys believe that – the, the you know the that Chelsea was able to hold firm because their defense was exceptional, or do we think that it was because of Liverpool's ineptitude and inability to break down what Chelsea had put forward? Well, I think it's so, a little bit of both. Oh, sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. So, from my perspective, I, I agree with Eric. I think it's a little bit of both. So, um, Chelsea's record prior to Tuchel coming in last year defensively was not great we leaked goals um when Lampard was our manager Tuchel came in revamped the system brought in a lot of players that were previously outcasts under Lampard and was able to right the ship I think in the last 21 games of the Premier League season we gave up 13 goals with five of those being against West Brom so um I think it's uh partially Tuchel's system and the player's confidence in the system. And I also think it's the fact that Liverpool's front three just aren't really up to speed yet. Um, still kind of lagging from last year. Um, so I think it's a combination of both. I don't think you can pinpoint one specific thing that um, caused it. But Okay. So part of what, at least this was my evaluation, Chelsea had no reason to do anything other than park the bus. Mindy played out of his mind. He had some amazing saves. I It would be a totally different scoreline if Kepa had been in goal. I'm just, in all honesty. Um, and I feel so mean for saying that because he seems like a nice guy, but he's not Mindy. Um, in all honesty, like it was just, it was early in the season. They had no reason to go forward. Part of our system relies upon people being forward for there be to be spaces in the back for us to capitalize on and there were no like those didn't exist and Firmino went off and I'm not saying Jota isn't like good but he's I don't know there's a reason why Bobby keeps getting the start and that's because he's good at just seeing things that are available and making things happen in all honesty and this is something, Kyle, I said to you, I really feel like both teams were, like, honestly lucky to walk away with a point. And so I'm 
I do think it's interesting that this is the second time in two years um, that the first game has resulted in us playing against 10 men part of the way through the game. You guys have felt intimidated enough that you've had to do something so against the rules. It's resulted in um, somebody being sent off. It was Christensen last year. It's what James this year, you know, like you're obviously scared, but that's okay. I'm sure the next time you play us, things will get better. From an outsider's perspective, um, I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying about Jota. Um, I think Jota's playing out of position. I think he was brought into the game simply because of the Firmino injury. And I don't know that playing him in the nine role is, is the smart play. I don't think that that's where he's going to be successful for Liverpool overall. Um, but I really think that Klopp missed the mark with his midfield selection or midfield choices <clears throat> after they went down to 10 men. He relied upon Harvey Elliott and, and Jordan Henderson to, to break down that defense. I mean, uh, Mane and Salah and, and Jota can only do so much to, to make runs and create space and, and create opportunities, but they rely on vision and passing to really exploit a defense. And I think that's where it was really lacking. I mean, this would have been a prime opportunity for, you know, some sort of a, a, a different partnership. And I think Tiago came in way too late in this game. Uh, I think he would have been a great player to, to help unlock things, but also, uh, you know, this also makes me wonder where is Curtis Jones? Where's he at at this, at this point? Cause he has shown, honestly, I mean, I, I having watched him and watched Harvey Elliott, I still prefer Curtis Jones over, over Harvey Elliott. I don't, I don't see him as, uh, Harvey Elliott's decent, but he hasn't shown me anything that says deserving of a start against Chelsea. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think Klopp made a couple of mistakes, but he's not the, the safety net he had was the fact that, <clears throat> you know, sending off for Chelsea resulted in a penalty kick, which they equalized. And so at that point, he, it's, he's probably not going to lose that game. So he, he can, he can keep Harvey on, give him more experience you know, make these choices. And I mean, a one, one draw isn't the worst result for Liverpool in the long run. No. And, and you have to, you have to think Klopp's thinking he has a front three of Mane, Salah, and then Jota. You have to think he thinks those three are going to be capable of breaking down a 10 man Chelsea, obviously not by themselves with help from the midfield, but I don't know if you, he expected Chelsea's um, defense to put in quite the shift that they did. And I mean, Liverpool had plenty of close chances. I think there was one shot that Van Dyke had from out like 35, 40 yards out that almost went in. Mendy had to make an incredible save. So, I mean, Jen's right. If Mendy's not in goal, we lose that game four, five, six, one probably because there were so many shots. The second, I think they had seven shots 10 minutes into the second half, which I knew was coming. You know, I tweeted out it was going to be an onslaught because that's what happens with good teams that are playing against teams with 10 men. They take advantage of it, but, but they didn't. Um, right. So, but I mean, so, when I so take advantage a, of it, a neutral point of view, as a, as you all know, I have no uh, nothing in this game. Liverpool is, <laughs> is, you know. So, so Lukaku looked back to his United best, right? Ouch. Okay. Couldn't control a bag of cement, and this is definitely two points dropped for Liverpool. And you had forty-eight minutes to score a goal against. Uh, uh, an excellent Chelsea team, no doubt, but still. Oh, right? I mean, I agree. The league, the league will be won and lost with results against the top four this season. Unlike yeah, last season, no, right? I, 
Well, I also like after last year, I feel like we can we can do like we can do our best to drop points on people that have no business. We have no business dropping points on. But I, I don't know, like just watching the game. I don't know if this makes any sense, but like Chelsea, I really felt like they they stepped up to the challenge. But at the same time, I mean. I don't know. I, I just, I really felt like their, their defense and their goalie stepped up in a way that was extraordinary. And so, you know, we did our best and honestly, we should be proud of, you know, the fact that we earned a point. And I, I understand that's not going to be enough for a lot of people, but it is what it is. The happier the two teams out of that is Chelsea. 100%. Uh, far away. 100%. 100%. You're leaving Anfield with 10 men and a point versus Liverpool, who feels probably feels they should have had three. So, you know, it's it is what it is. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, the game was kind of ruined by the penalty and him being sent off. But sure, it would be nice if we could play a game like the first game of the season without you guys resorting to something that results in in a red card. That would be nice. We, We would all love Chelsea to stop being cheaters. Um, all right, yeah, so moving Kyle. on to uh, the probably the surprise start of the season. Uh, Spurs. Uh, oh, I thought, un- I thought you were going to Arsenal. Un- unfortunately, unfortunately, Scott uh, Scott's lost his voice, so he won't be able to tell us about the game necessarily. I don't want to. <laughs> Scott, tell us, about, uh, yeah, tell us so- about Harry Kane and what you think about him now. Yeah, I think the same thing I thought two weeks ago. I What's wish he would have gone. I wish he would have gone. Uh, he's one of I our do. own, Scott. He's one of our he's own. Not. He's Harry not. Kane, he's one of our own. He's not. How about that goal by Sonny? Nice. Not not intentional, but it was <laughs> no, nice. it wasn't. It was accurate. But, but all jokes aside, he, he didn't mean to score it, but that's yeah. where you place that free kick. Oh, of course. Because it has, it has the opportunity to score even right. regardless. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where you put that ball just for that very reason. Okay. But and, I have... And, and we had... Like I think that uh, whatever the Watford keeper's name, he had the most saves out of any keeper this season. Um, so it, it was it was one nil, but it wasn't like a you know squeaky one nil. So I have um, to ask you the same question that I asked Liverpool fans uh, at the at the end of season one. How are you, what are you going to do about this? Because one nil wins, winning by one goal every game is is not sustainable. No. All right. So what's what's the plan of attack now for for Spurs? So so the reason I feel okay so far is because of everything is it's a combination of newness with Nuno, um, and every everything. Dr. Seuss here. <laughs> every every piece is a building block right now. Um, so even with just the new manager, I would be comfortable with it. Take into account the Harry Kane thing. Uh, he hasn't been there. There was all this BS surrounding the club. He's Barely played in the league. He looked like crap against Watford on or Watford. Honestly, um, he was sluggish and slow, and he didn't finish his chances. Um, so with Nuno trying to establish the in the fitness, like these players look like they've been hitting kegerators before every match with Mourinho. So Nuno's trying to get their beer guts off. Um, so it, you know, working the fitness back, getting Kane back into the fold. Nuno is is new to the club, new atmosphere. Um, it's, it's a building block. This, this is what we build on. Um, whereas with Mourinho, it felt like what we did this way was the peak. Like there was no, 
there was no ascendancy there. This is like, okay, one nil, it's not beautiful. It's not what we want, but it's tight. It's compact and we can grow from here. We got some, some signings pushed over the line. Some of our signings haven't even played in the league yet. Um, so I'm comfortable with it only because I see it going one way. Um, and that's up now the results, obviously we're not going to win every match, but the play will get better. The team will get better only because Kane will get fit. The best players haven't played yet. I mean, hell, we've played Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer, and we've kept three clean sheets. I mean, that is absurd. Who, who would have believed that if I told you that 10 weeks ago? Literally nobody. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I, one nil is unsustainable, but I, I think that there is nothing but growth from here. Has there been a change of tactics from Nuno from his time at Wolves to his uh, first few weeks at Spurs? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, when you say tactics, yes, because it's a four-man back line versus a back three. Um, but he's he is who he is, right? I mean, he believes in solidity in the back, um, compact defense, and starting with organization first. I mean, that will never change no matter what formation he plays. So the philosophy is different or is the same, excuse me, but the tactics are different. It's a flat back four, a more of a 4-3-3 three, three than a 5-2-3 a or whatever, 5-3-2, whatever, whatever he played back there, depending on the players. Um, but it's it's still compact in defense and emphasizing the wing play to create space and attack. And it's very direct, if you notice. Like, there's not a lot of BS dinking the ball around. It's get the ball to the wing, run at somebody, and, and try to dispossess them quickly if we do lose the ball. Um, so I'm interested to see what it turns into because every press conference he's had, he's made it a point to say, this isn't what we want results are the important thing right now. We're making progress, but this isn't the kind of football we want to play. Um, so how much of that is true and how much of that is Levy and, you know, Pratichi saying, okay, don't play like Mourinho, please. Like, I don't know. Um, but you know. So you and I like him. He, he's such a good guy. You know, like you can't be mad at him. Mm-hmm. Plus, he looks so good in that bomber jacket. That bomber jacket is sick. So <laughs> right, right, yeah. All Hugo Boss, by the way. I Hugo mean, Boss. he's he's no. Never mind. <laughs> so your next three matches are Palace, Chelsea, and Wolves, which is not an easy stretch by any means. I mean, but we just played you're... City and Wolves. Yeah, and oh yeah. So, so I mean, well, Wolves it's... is in the Carabao Cup. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but, but those, I mean, those are your next three matches. So you, right. you palace is probably the easiest of those. Mm-hmm. And I mean, cause they, they've changed over everything basically. What do you, what do you see as your next three results? Um, I think we'll beat palace and Ch- I honestly have no idea with Chelsea. I mean, if, if Kane is not fat and lazy, maybe we can <laughs> get something there, but, um, if he looks like he looked against Watford, then it will be no good. I mean, he was good against Paco de Ferreira in the conference league, of course. Really, really showed um, off there. Yeah, I pronounced it right. <laughs> I've only heard it like 60 times on podcasts this week, but um, it depends on Kane. And if Romero's in, because uh, he's, he's, uh, I love him so much. Like he's going to beat the shit out of attackers and he, then he'll ping the ball over the top in, in the conference league game, literally 12 seconds in, we had the kickoff. They played it back to Romero and he played, played a ball over the top to Kane one touch. And then he blasted it over the bar from six yards, like a loser, but it was such a good pass in addition to his defending. So palace I'm comfortable with 
Wolves in the Carabao Cup, like a, I, I hate going to the Molyneux. Like, I'm so pleased with that point. Chelsea, I have absolutely no expectations. Well, at least you get to follow up that up with a very easy game. Arsenal. Yep. <laughs> Relegation fodder. Could be Y'all, there. What could would be happen? Just, just, hold row. on. What would happen if Arsenal actually got relegated this season? Uh, Stan Kroenke Stan would have to go somewhere where no one knows his location. <laughs> I, I don't think Gunnar Soros would keep his job. No, Gunnar Soros is first on the job in block. Yeah. William's well, gone, so next up that is was heartless. That what? Well, Kroenke makes those decisions. Oswald's not gone me. Too. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope yeah. Arteta makes like a roaring comeback and they finish like eight. Oh, Ar- Arteta won't make a roaring comeback. Whoever their new manager is that they no, hire. No, I, don't I don't want that. I don't want that. I know you like, don't want that. I like Arteta. Me too. About he's liking a, him. He's, he's fantastic. No, he's you guys like him. Right, okay, never mind. All right, I'm just going to shut up. Fine. <laughs> they made they made a, um, a decent signing today. Tomiyasu is a decent defender True. from Italy. Oh, well, yeah. His, his, uh, his picture looks like he's excited to be there. Oh, he's so mad. He wanted to come to Spurs so bad, that poor kid. Could you imagine wanting to go to Spurs? No. Ending up at Arsenal after Spurs had, you know, like we, that was the first player that we were linked to with Paratici. And then he, yeah. he, he went to the Olympics and hurt his ankle. So we slow played it. And then we ended up signing, but we'll talk about this later. But we signed better players, of course, because he went to Arsenal. But, um, all right. So let's, let's chat about Arsenal. I mean, the, the woes that are, uh, what used to be a, a North London powerhouse. Um, Arsenal play City, played City this past weekend. Have you and checked in with your roommate or your friend? My friend, uh, I have. Uh, he turned the game off after goal number two. So 13 minutes okay. into the game. How, how, how many um, London teams, pop quiz, are ahead of Arsenal in the table? Does anybody know? All, all, of, all them. of them. How many? Six. Four. I think they're sixth. Like there's five ahead of them, I believe. Right, Christian? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know there were five. There oh, were six so in the league this year. West, yeah. West five. Ham, Spurs, Brentford, Crystal Palace. <clears throat> oh, I forget yeah. Palace is in, is in yeah. London, North London. So not, not well, only Crystal is North Palace itself doesn't exist anymore. So I can understand your confusion. So you, you could put Arsenal in any borough of London and it's not red. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter where you put them. Hell, you could put them in like Los Angeles and they'd probably be behind the Galaxy and LAFC. <laughs> Not nah, enter Miami, can... Eric. I'm not going to get crazy. <laughs> we, we've been better recently. We've been a little bit uptick in form. All right. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys actually watched that game. I I don't want to say I suffered through it, but it was it was not what I was hoping for, obviously, because I want City to lose every game ever. Um, but it was it was a shocking display. Um, Obama Yang was in the game physically. But it it felt like he he didn't have any interest in in like there was no confidence among so many of the players, and that's what's really disconcerting for me. And this is Jen. This goes to my point of why I say that Arteta is not going to get this done. It, it feels like he's lost the team. It feels like they don't want to play for him. And when you get to that point, uh, it's it's usually irreconcilable. And so yeah. uh, I, I am I am surprised that he still has the support of the board. Um, I, I, this would not, it would not surprise me as if he is gone after the next mm-hmm. match, if they lose it. Oh, I like, I a hundred percent agree. 
I think, I think this is one of those situations kind of like Chelsea where you have a, like a manager that's bit off more than they can chew. Like this is not, this level is not a proving ground. And it's just, it's unfortunate that your maiden voyage into being, you know, a big time manager is something with that's this big. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I like him. He's well-dressed. He, I think he probably learned a lot under Pep and between his role as a player and assistant coach, he can be successful. Just maybe not this, not yet. This so is why I'll be okay. This is why you don't appoint like club legends because there's yeah. that emotional. I agree. Yeah, you'll, trust me, Charles, you'll see one day. Is he a legend? Oh, yeah. Arsenal fans were on their yeah. knees, you know, thrilled that he came back to his club. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those. He, he's one of those. I've said this before. Just look. Look, I know this is blasphemy, Kyle, but he, he's not quite Lampard, but he's like Lampard. One of those tryhard midfielders that what? like wasn't as good as well, everybody thought they were. Well, Lampard was world class. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Oh my word! <laughs> Just not even, Absolutely not even not. rising up. Lampard that. is like immeasurably better than Arteta was as a player. I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but it, like these midfielders who give it all for the shirt, you know, like they, they have a special place in your heart, right? The ones who run a lot and like care Did about. Did he do the club. that though? I don't really remember him being right. that kind yeah. of a player. Yes, absolutely. I remember him being average. Well, he's betting average. Yes, that. But that's what I'm saying though. Like. The endearment to the fans isn't talent and performance. It's kissing the badge and running all over the place and two-footing the opposition. Like that, that builds an emotional connection with the fan base that makes it even harder for, for the board to come to the point where they're ready to sack you. Maybe that's why my team likes me. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. For now. But what's, but what's... In, in addition, you, I mean, you throw in the fact that he just he left essentially learning under Pep. And so Arsenal fans thought that they were getting a essentially a Pep disciple who was going to bring all the brilliance of Pep. He will. He will. Mini Pep. No, 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 no. Hold on. Pep. Give him time. Part of Pep's like like success is being able to have a pocketbook that yeah. like no other teams can compete against. Pep, That's Pep not what the companies are going to do. Pep couldn't spend a lot of money to how to to manage a team that wasn't already elite. Fair. Fair point, hundred percent. Well, uh, well, well you, you can't teach like a, a dog how to coach a soccer match either. Like, well, well, Arteta put the cones out. Like, what did he do? Like, he didn't learn from. Bet you, bet you, Airbud could get it done. <laughs> yeah, Airbud could, but Airbud oh, had a script. Okay, so we have we have a bias against what golden retrievers. No, no I love Airbud. How how did you take that as bias? He just said that Airbud was smarter than Mikel Arteta. I think that's a compliment. I don't think yeah. he is, but like, never. All right, whatever. I, I don't think I don't think Arteta learned as much from Pep as everybody thinks he did. Obviously, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I'm saying I'm saying he like the Arsenal fans thought they were bringing in the second coming of Pep because he learned better, but they weren't bringing in that okay. at all. Fair. So fair. so before okay. we move on to the, the final game, right? So the Arsenal board saw what happened with. Bergson and United and the way that that was so badly handled and thought, you know what? We're going to follow the same, same route. Right. Unbelievable. 
Yep. Well, and oh. they're they're last in the table, by the way. In case anybody hasn't looked, I do want to mention that right. they're they're actually last in the table. Yeah. All right. So they're the last. battle of fifth and sixth place last season, I think, West Ham Leicester. Yep. How, that how was a that battle. Honestly, that was a, that was a good game. That was that was a fun game to watch, and um, <clears throat> West Ham are borderline like contenders and at what for, for what? top four top four okay okay for top four not for the title they will they're they're not there by any means but they look strong they look confident i mean even even during you know in the in the final days of the transfer window they're adding players um trying to supplement make themselves even stronger um <laughs> they look like the real deal and lester did not have answers for them like all of what last season, what we saw out of Leicester and their ability, you know, to hang out in the top four, uh, they more or less were exposed by, by West Ham this weekend. And uh, I, it makes me think, I mean, let's put it this way. All of our preseason predictions, we put Tottenham outside the top four because the expectation was Kane goes to City. All right, Kane has stayed. So now Tottenham can be, you know, considered for a possible, possible top four spot. West Ham looks equally likely for that same kind of spot. So at the moment, those, those round up a top six and Leicester sitting outside um, looking at maybe the conference league, maybe not placing at all uh, unless they make some serious changes. Well, yeah, they looked more like late season Leicester and more than right. early, se- early bin season Leicester. And they've, they've looked like that all season so far. Like they beat Norwich, yeah. but then they beat Wolves one nil, but they didn't like, that wasn't a convincing victory over Wolves. Um, I, I think they were even on shots and shots on target. It was a, I don't know. Like, I wonder if the, the milk's going bad there with Brendan Rodgers. He's, he's going to be late season Brendan all season. I would love that. So a recap of the game. Did uh, Leicester have a month and off? Or was it just a 4-1 win? Uh, they did. They did, Jen. Was, they wasn't that the turning point did. of the game? I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember them having a man. Yes, I was a Perez. Oh, he was sent off. off. Okay, that's right. Fortieth minute, and it was, uh, it was one nil at that point. To West Ham. To West Ham. Yep. And then, yeah. and then, and then uh, Leicester realized, right? No, no, it was. Yeah, it was. No, no. Um, no, they then they... Rama scored to make it two nil. Then Tielman scored in the 69th minute. Okay. Nice. nice. And then Antonio buried him with two goals in the last ten minutes. Gotcha. Yeah. By the way. Mikel Antonio and what Moyes has done with him is insane. He was like a wingback, shit winger. Now he's one of the best strikers in the league. That, that you know, that, that's the Moisaya for you. Is he though? Say again. Do you really? Did Who's you better? really say the Moisaya? I did. <laughs> that was that was excellent. I just I want to recognize that. Yeah. Okay. This is the same effect Thank that you. Moyes had on uh, Fellaini, isn't it? At how, was, how many how many strikers in the league are better than Antonio? Hair, right? The hair well, there's five in London. Yeah. Who? Chelsea, Lukaku, <clears throat> Tottenham, Kane, mm-hmm. uh, Palace. That new that new lad they just bought from uh, that Mexican Ed, Edward. Edward. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know about that. That's okay. I'll give you that one. Who else? Brentford. Well, there's Tony, and Tony. Then there's that. Yeah, then there's the other guy that I've got That's in my fantasy team that never scores. 
That's pushing it. <laughs> Better forward. I, but you're, but, but <laughs> and even Aubameyang. Oh, stop. Aubameyang's stop. better than, than Antonio. Come on. Stop it. No. To think, to think otherwise is silly. Okay, look look at what they're doing. So, so okay. that's in you're, you're London, talking about team right? results versus individual results right now. Look at the individual results. Oh. You you just said Aubameyang was he even on the pitch? Antonio is the engine to that club, and they just fin- they finished just barely outside the top five last season, and he's already kicking ass again this season. Like, what are you talking okay. about? I, okay, I hate take the name off. God's right. Take the name off the shirt. It's not even close. I can't even. I can't believe we're talking about this. Aubameyang is absolute buns, and Antonio has been solid for so many seasons in a row. Lacazette sucks. Aubameyang sucks, and I hate West Ham. And Antonio has been a stud when he's played. If anybody is going to undersell what West Ham can do, it's going to be Scott. Right. I hate those bubble blowing bastards, but he's a good player. I'm I didn't say he was a good words. player. That's my goal. Like I have a bingo card for curse words, and I've filled out half of it already. <laughs> no, Before wait. I have, he's winning. I'm not. We, we okay. said Noah's denying he's not a good player, but you said he's one of the best strikers in the league. He is. As of this moment, right now, he is. Oh my goodness! Three, so, three, three games okay, in, on. he is. Kane. And that's it. That's all we need to know. Okay, I would say all right, I'm moving up. Is he back? <laughs> no, but I mean, hold on. He's got a point. When we look at the rest, who stepped up in the first two or three games? So are we saying a top striker is only good as his last game? Or it is last like, season. I think I think you can argue the impact they've made on their team and their overall production. Okay, let's 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 just look at the stats from last season. Uh, uh, Mikel Antonio played for the better team, right? Right. He and Aubameyang had the exact same number of goals. Shouldn't the man who played on the better team have more goals? How many matches did they play? I don't have that statistic. All I have is the number of goals scored. Well, Antonio missed a bunch of matches. So did Aubameyang. I know he missed like five games at one point because he lost his father or his mother or something like that. He was out for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, but I, so, so <laughs> okay. I, I, I guess I, I don't. Who would have so known fact that, a talk about Antonio would ignite so such passion? So just, just, <laughs> just think about this though. So we're so burning let's, it all let me, down. Let me, so, so let me give you Obama Yang. The, the one of the guys on your list that you named was playing in Scotland last year, and the other guy was in the championship last year. So, like, take them off the list if we're talking about what they did last season. They've taken this a whole country off your list. Wow. You said, Absolutely, you said five wow. five strikers. Sorry for all those people who are listening in Scotland right now. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Mackey, you can um, uh, desert his name whenever you yeah, feel like I'm, it. I'm, I'm Irish, so they probably wouldn't like me anyways. <clears throat> I don't like West Ham, and I, the I throat clearing after that was like yeah. <laughs> right. He's, well he's he's a good striker, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I, there's I, not many of them. Comfort. There's not many of them. That that's really the conversation is the dearth <clears> of <throat> strikers in, in the league and, and in Europe right now. Well, it's if we're if we're solely defining as the number nine position, then yes, I would agree with you. But I, if we're because the shift in the game, I mean, we used to define strikers as the top two forwards because it was played in a four four two system. Now we've moved to a system with a four three three where. Only the central stri- central striker is the one who's considered to be a striker, and the, the other ones are considered wing midfielders. So, 
If we start yeah. talking about the wing midfielders, absolutely not. Antonio no, falls no, way down the list not. there. So, of course not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the to the real fun. Uh, probably most football fans uh, most loved and most hate, hated period, which is the transfer season, uh, came to an end. And realistically, we we cannot talk transfers this window uh, without starting off with PSG because the business they did uh, is both some of the best and the worst decisions in my personal opinion. And I know some of you guys share the, these opinions with me um, that I've seen in a really, really long time. They had the opportunity, in my opinion, to have the world-class all-time best transfer window. What is it? And then they let it go to the very end. So what is it you didn't like? The Mbappe thing? The Mbappe thing, yeah. Why? Uh, because it's... Okay, I am fully aware that their owners don't seem to care about money, but from any, from any perspective where, whereby we think of the modern game of football being a contest, <clears throat> that is a silly deal to turn down. Right. Any That's one true. of the deals, it's a silly That's deal true. to turn down. That, that's true. So I, I, I agree with you and I don't think you're wrong, but knowing that they can just siphon off like hundred thousand barrels of oil and, and get that same money right. and potentially win the champions league with him. That's all they care about. Like they'll let yeah. him walk for free. They'll shit talk him for the next 12 months and hope they win the champions league. And that 200 million will be spent on a party in Dubai and, and they won't care. Because you know, when, when we think of PSG, right, we, we only think of Europe, of, of how well they were doing Europe, right? Correct. But just imagine you're like Lil, you're supporters of Lil, right? And last, last season, you won the league. Eric, that's then, Lily to you. Right. And <laughs> I then believe this, it's Leo. But... And then this year, you see them sign Hakimi, Ramos, Ronaldo, Donnarumma, Mendes for Messi. That was so mean. Sorry. How is it possibly fair play in France, right? When you have massive clubs like uh, Marseille, you know, and, and it just, you know, it's crazy. It's just like when I was growing up watching the game, like Saint-Étienne were a big team in France and Montpellier, and it's just crazy. It's, well, it's, the, it's the farce financial fair play is with revenue, quote-unquote. You, you have to balance your revenue and your expenditures when clubs like these are backed by it's just like we talked about city a million times it's these these oil backed countries who can say okay you're sponsored by our airline and our hotels and our you know water company that sells black water that's purified in the waters of lake minnetonka for 120 million of a month like okay great now now you can pay messi's salary with just the sponsorship of dasani dubai you know like what was really, I mean, what was really shocking about the transfer business that they had done prior to the, the whole Mbappe thing was just simply the amount of fees paid out for these players. They spent money on Hakimi and Mendez. And that's it. Between they, them. they did not, not pay right. any not money, just money for... but money. Like you need to draw the word out. They, they, pay, they spent zero dollars yeah. in transfer fees for Sergio Ramos. Jeannie Wijnaldum, yep. Donnarumma, and Messi. Lionel Messi. But that was like, that was like, uh, I don't want to call it luck, but like, it was kind of luck. 
Well, it's also two hundred million a year in wages, oh, but that absolutely. doesn't matter. That that's the right. thing. Like, in in my mind, you're right, Charles. And the the every other club, even for some reason, City seems to be trying to behave to some degree. I don't know why. Um, there must be some legitimacy to this uh, court hearing stuff because they could have done the same thing. Like, I, I Pep bemoaning they couldn't spend on Kane. <laughs> I, I could have slapped his bald head, but like PSG are just spitting in the face of it. Like, right. it, so. It's, 200 million a year in wages just on these players. Yeah. They paid agent fees. They, 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 but still, it doesn't matter to them. Like they, mm-hmm. that's what it, I don't know if anybody heard the, the radio interview that their director of football, Leonardo, gave in France. He, it's like he got drunk and called the radio station. It was like, F Mbappe, F his agent, F his mom. He's staying. Florentino's a prick. F you guys. And he hopped the phone. That was basically what he did. And no. it, like he, what he's doing, it seems like, is just flaunting it. Like, oh, uh, Mendez is available, left back, forty million. Got it. Cool. Like, what else you got? What other player? Like, they're yeah, just like, let me grab right, that out of my guys. pocket real quick. Yeah, screw you. I'm gonna buy the Champions League this year. Yeah, and they're still not gonna win it. And I think it's crazy think too, it is. that Mendez, the Mendez deal, is just a loan right. Losing the Kyle a little bit on the connection there. Yeah, I think Kyle's conscience jumped in when he talked uh, about other club spending. But I think that's, I mean, I, it's exactly what you brought up. There. You thought it was me. We have, oh, that we, was amazing. We have a situation where, you know, it's clearly that PSG respects. <laughs> He's still going. He is still going. Oh, so that's what that sounds like. The yeah, now you know what it's like. 100%. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. is what it sounds like. We just we I think with with PSG, what what's upsetting is the fact that we feel like they're paying attention to no one's rules at any point now, and it's yeah. I mean, the Champions League obviously means something to them, uh, and and this makes uh, you know, and this probably I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but this makes me want somebody anybody else to win the Champions League. Oh, absolutely. I want I want PSG to go out in the group stages. No, no, I want them to lose the final, and I want really? it to hurt so bad. I wanted to hurt. I don't so know. Bad. Like I feel like I, I feel like if they go to the final, it, they'll somehow it'll it'll still be a a, a win for them. But, but to, they've for already them done bring that. In, lost for them to bring in Messi and pair him up with Neymar and and Mbappe and uh, and, and, then, and then exit Neymar the group stage. and Messi at the same time. But just but well, just to have them exit the group stage and be like, oh wow, they, now we have to go play in the Europa. Well, I like Pochettino too much. That's too much. Yeah. What's funny is Pochettino has always been slow to bring in new signings, and he even did it with Messi. Like he's he's easing Messi in in the French league. One hundred percent. Well, I don't I don't want him to overexert himself against uh, whoever the hell it was. But um, um, PSG and City drawn together. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. 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 So I don't I don't want to spend too much time on PSG. No. Um, so, but just just to recap, Hakimi was what sixty million euro. 60. Euro- 60 Sergio Ramos was free. free. Uh, Wijnaldum, major upgrade in club, free. Donnarumma, <laughs> free. Nuno Mendes, left back out of Portugal, 40 million. And some bloke named Messi um, for free as well. Yeah. So moving, moving on, some other you know, notable business in Europe. Uh, Real Madrid made a, in my opinion, hilarious signing for multiple reasons today. Um, Kamavinga from Ren. Two reasons. One, he didn't go to United. Two, Spurs got drawn to uh, into the same group as Ren in the Conference League, so now they suck. And you guys didn't get the player, 
So I am over the moon with Madrid yeah. signing Kamavinga. The the chances of him ever really coming were way overblown. Um, I all the reports that I've seen said that Kamavinga was never gonna. I mean, he was. He would have taken massive convincing for him to come to United. He really wanted Smart. to go to Madrid all along. So Smart, I mean, Smart while goal. while it was exciting because he's you know a good player, I I never pinned my hopes on him uh, actually actually coming. So, but so, yeah, no. So, I mean, I, it's good for you guys that you get to play a weaker Ren team. So I, I think that the um, the flip side of the PSG story and the link between the two clubs is this Mbappe mess. Uh, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. There was some speculation from Leonardo on that. I'm I'm he obviously wasn't drunk when he called the radio station. Let me just clarify that. But it felt like he was. <laughs> he insinuated on his interview that Florentino Perez was putting on this show, making it seem like he was making this massive effort because he loves Mbappe so much. But it was it was basically a paper bid. They never got a real bid for this money. Never, never a 150, 180, 200 million pound or euro bid. It was just a show. So Mbappe felt like he was appreciated, but they really wanted to sign him on a free next summer. Um, so that was really the biggest storyline of the summer for Madrid was the potentially faux effort to bring Mbappe. Do any of you think he's right or were there real efforts made? No, he's, sure. he's right. Madrid have no money, right, Kyle? And, and they're not that yeah. stupid. I mean... Surely you're not suggesting that Florentino Perez is posturing. That would that would never be the case. Ever. It would I mean, also be incredibly intelligent though if he did it this way. Like I mean, there was even a report that came out that where I think Perez even admitted that their their revenues went down from 900 million euro to 600 million euro. So I mean, it did. Yeah. In addition to the reduction in just you know incoming money, they they were had to restructure a ton of things, and I mean they they lost. Um, you know, they lost uh, Ramos to to you know PSG, PSG. for free. Yep. Uh, United paid them cheap, so uh, cheap. cut price, honestly for for Varane. Um, you know, so there there was nothing. There's nothing about this transfer window that signaled Real Madrid had the money to to make this kind of a, a an actual bid for for Mbappe. No, and but it, it would have been quintessential Real Madrid say they have no money get the super league issue figured out and then go out and buy mbappe true but it, the, the difference between barcelona and real madrid is sick as this makes me like perez would have never done this like he's not that stupid in this financial climate at least to get out over his skis that much when he knows he can get the player for free next summer so what it would, it would as, equal, as stupid as it was for psg to turn it down which I don't know that they had the opportunity to, it would have been equally stupid for Madrid to actually pay that money when he can get there for oh, yeah. next summer. Absolutely. So um, some more business in Madrid that actually did get done. Um, so Atleti uh, re-signed Antoine Griezmann from Barcelona. Uh, it's on a one-year loan with an obligation to buy for 40 million euro next I, summer. So if you guys remember, they sold him for 120 to mm-hmm. Barcelona two years, ago, two years ago and they're buying him back Three years later, for forty million. I say, in I, case you're wondering it, why Barcelona <clears throat> is actually plumbers now, Eric, um, deals like that, and they're paying him eight hundred thousand pounds a week. Is it uh, is it actually an obligation to buy? Because I saw um, some reports that said it was the it actually switched to an option as opposed to an obligation. 
So the very last tweet on it from that I saw from Romano was that it was an obligation to buy. It okay. was like the very last thing he said on it, Got and it. that was it. Okay. Um, the rumors prior to that were uh, option to buy. So yeah. I think it's I think it's obligation. But I we, mean, either way, it's good business for Atleti. We do we do trust uh, Fabrizio quite well, but we know uh, his English can sometimes in on Twitter it can. I- I Need love a little bit of translating. I love hearing him talk because, like, anytime there's an ed on the end of the word, it just sounds so funny. Um, <laughs> but he had a 12-hour stream today. He and his friend, like, they were absolute animals. Like, I, I watched an embarrassing amount um, of that stream at work. Sorry, none of us are surprised, um, but none of us are shocked. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Um, so, just a little bit of other business. Bayern Munich quietly strengthened. They, um, they had their. Just you know, raided obligation to raid their league for cut rate Leipzig. prices. Marcel Sabitzer for 15 million euro. That's gross. They should be ashamed of themselves. They paid more. Okay, think about this. If you're a player in your prime and you go to a new club, and the club that you went to paid more for your freaking manager than for you, they paid over 20 million in compensation for Nagelsmann. They only paid 15 for Sabitzer. I, that is gross. Like that is that league is gross. <laughs> Leipzig are gross. By association, yeah. Salzburg is gross. Like uh, it's, yeah. It's, also, they signed Upa Meccano from them as yeah. well. Wait, so, where, why was that by association Salzburg gross? That seemed like because real... it's the Red Bull. Because they're owned by the same group. Yeah. Our RB oh. Salzburg. That's so. why Jesse March went to. Uh, he's the new coach of Leipzig. He was the coach at Salzburg, and when uh, mm-hmm. Bayern poached Nagelsmann. They just moved him up, basically. But I don't. I don't blame Nagelsmann or the players. I mean, Byron is clearly a step nah. up, and you're yeah. But it's just like how 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 much can the rest of that league grab their ankles for Byron? Yeah, I mean, every we summer? saw it. We saw it with Dortmund when they sold Lewandowski to Byron. It's just it's an annual event at this point. Yeah, yep. Byron yep. wins the league and then goes shopping. Goes shopping the league. as they Absurd. wish. Absurd pricing. Well, Goretzka, Goretzka was the same way. I mean, he yeah. came from from within the league too. So, well, Bayern's a pinnacle of European football, right? Yeah, and it's it's the team you want to play on if you're a German footballer. You know, growing yeah. up and being and in Germany, yeah. you, your dream is to play for Munich. They're well run too. Which yeah. I mean, you, I mean, how can you it's not? A, be it's winning? an amazing club, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the epitome of the German machine, right? I mean, yeah. It's funny you yeah. say they're well run, but they definitely didn't. They have one of their. Uh, I think it was the president of football operation had to go to prison. Uh, it's because for... he runs it too well. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. But they, they do have some blemishes though. Like Leroy Sané is not happy. Um, Kingsley Coman is not happy. Um, and there's some infighting there. Um, but still, it doesn't I mean, matter because they can you, get players like a, Sabitzer for 15 million. I mean, yeah, million. you have a club like that. There's bound to be players that are not happy because of just the, the overall talent base and not, you know, lack of playing time and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's all right. So let's uh, let's switch over to our bread and butter Premier League. Let's talk about the uh, how the transfer window for, for us. Uh, and we're going to kick it off with uh, the big money deal. Toss it on down to you, Kyle. Uh, talk to us about your uh, your new acquisition. Yeah, so Chelsea made only two moves in this window, at least in terms of incomings. Obviously, the big move was for Romelu Lukaku for £97.5 million. Pounds. Um, they also completed a loan deal today for Saul from Atleti. Um, it's a year loan with an option to buy next year, I think, of £30 million, pounds, so £40 million. Euro. 
So it's actually a pretty decent deal, um, just par for the course for uh, Marina Granovskaya. Uh, but the Jules Conde deal ultimately didn't get done, which was kind of surprising. But uh, the rumor has it that Chelsea were ready to make a deal and then um, Sevilla raised the price on them. And it just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, um, didn't raise the so. price. They didn't raise the price. That was All right, Scott. The price is the price. Either way, you forget that Scott, Scott literally attends all of the meetings for each one of these deals. He does. He does. He hates you know. all these teams, but he's in the room. That's right. He's in the, the room where it happens. ITK. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we, the the well now we have two on the show. Now we have two. I am. I am the the group chat ITK. That's true. <laughs> but um, just, he he's so good. It makes me sick. Thank makes you. Me sick. Yeah, he, you too. Christian but is Sa- very good. Saul Sa- yeah. is so good. It's gross. No, he's yeah, not. And it yes, he is. was like five years ago. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. He's not washed. He's twenty six. I didn't say that he was washed. He was good in the athletic formation five years ago. I hope you're right because I loathe his club. Sorry, Carl. That's <laughs> all right. That's okay. I don't see uh, how he fits in Chelsea. Personally, I think it's a midfield you didn't need. It's true. That was that was a, the big question mark for me. They're like, it's like, okay, you're going to go for a surplus midfielder. You've already got a loaded midfield that you don't. But you that do. deal, the deal was so good though. That that's well, the issue. So so here's the thing. He's he's a defensive midfielder, right? He plays in the six role. Is if you were to assign it a role. You know, Conte and Jorginho and Kovacic are the three players that rotate through there. Yeah. But so Conte has injury concerns. He's he's been he picked up an injury against Liverpool. He got subbed out. He, he re- um, he's had, aggravated an ankle injury. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had injury persistent injury problems ever since Mauricio Sarri came through and did his thing. Yeah. Um, he's also getting older. You know, like Scott said, Saul is only 26. He may not be in the greatest form of his life. He hasn't had a great past 18 months with athletic athletic. Um, but if you can get him for the price you get him for on a loan, you know, it's almost in ter- for Chelsea. It's a win-win because if he does well, you have a Kovacic situation where you end up executing the option. And if he doesn't, he goes back to Atleti. But you can play any two of those midfielders together with no issues. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's, it's like like the United situation where it's Pogba and like you, you know what I mean. It's the opposite of that. You can realistically play any one of those two, and you're not leaky, and and then you're not having issues with creation. Right. Like that's it's that's. Just, did you just call Paul Pogba leaky? I called Paul Pogba and any one of the other two leaky. Did you watch the match this weekend? <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> it was, it but was it's, yeah, it was crazy. Well, you should have, you should have seen my comments about this match, and I'll I'll discuss it later. It's fine. Yeah. So it's it's good defensive cover for the midfield that we you know it's 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 especially with how many competitions the top top clubs are in each year. I mean Chelsea's going to play north of potentially sixty matches this year. Yeah, you, know, you can't have enough depth. And we all know that at certain points, our teams have been very lacking in depth or overrun with depth. So it's, you know, it's for what it was, for what it cost. I don't think it was a bad deal. So we'll see how it plays out. To Christian and Charles's points though, I think I know the answer to this question. Kyle, if you had the choice between the two players that you were tightly linked with today, you choose Conde, right? If you had to choose. Um, Yeah, I do because so if we didn't sell Kurt Zuma, my answer would be Saul because we would still have Kurt right. Zuma as emergency cover. But I believe part of the impetus for selling 
Kurtzuma was the club's confidence, supposed confidence in getting Conde across the line. So not only have we sold Zuma, but we haven't picked up Conde. So now you're left with four center backs. You have at four or five. You have Aspie who can play a right center back role. You have Rudiger, Christensen, Silva, and Chalaba. So you have five center oh. backs. Those are those are the center backs. Now, you know, we play a back we play a back three with wing backs. So and I mean Rudiger, um, Christensen and Asby uh, played great against Liverpool. But one of those is well north of thirty. Rudiger's late twenties on the last year of his contract, and Andreas Christensen could implode at any point. You know, he's been playing great the past six to eight months, but who knows what will happen in the future. So it would have been nice to have additional center back cover, especially since Conde's 22 and it'd give him time to learn, you know, without being thrust right into the starting 11. But, you know, the transfer market's the transfer market and ultimately we didn't get him. Um, but I'm happy with Saul coming in and providing cover. It will hopefully, if Conte, it, or if Conte is seriously injured, it'll hopefully slow play his coming back into the squad. I think an interesting topic for another pod, we'll, we'll get into it maybe next week or later, is every squad at the top end of the table is really, really good, but there is a pretty obvious weakness in each one of yeah. them. Now, I like, will say... strikers, Chelsea's defense. You know, I don't want to talk about this today. United, I think your midfield is a little bit unbalanced. Um, Liverpool has no depth. I, that would be a really interesting podcast, I think, later to discuss the weaknesses in all those super strong teams. Yeah, and, you know, but I will say, I think Chelsea out of the top six teams had the less amount to do to improve. So that makes Chelsea only bringing in two players not so bad. Yep. Okay. I agree. All right. So who do you want to touch on next, Charles? Yeah, we'll just go down the list that best, we already Best created. team in Manchester? Yeah. Let's let's talk about the, uh, the, the best team in Manchester. Uh, Christian, we had, uh, I would say, a relatively successful window. Overall, um, we brought in four players, uh, two of which address needs. Our average. Oh, we're not talking about your window. All right, Scott, <laughs> calm down. I'll mute. <laughs> we brought two, two players in that directly address needs that we had already talked about. We brought in one goalkeeper for cover, just to, I guess in, in case because – uh, Lee Grant has uh, switched over to kind of a player coach role uh, situation. Um, and honestly, the Premier League signing of the summer, Cristiano Ronaldo is back at United. CR7, the legend, is back. Honestly, my favorite, <clears throat> we, obviously there was hundreds of thousands of tweets about this transfer over the past, uh, over the past week. Millions. Millions. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're absolutely right. Millions. My favorite tweet out of all of them that I saw was one where they said, we finally signed the replacement for Cristiano Ronaldo when we signed him. I, I thought that that was absolutely a fantastic signing. And, and from all, all signs right now, it looks like we're probably going to be able to finagle it so he gets the seven jersey back again, which is it's going to be quite nice. It looks like Edison Cavani might take the 21 that Dan James just freed up. Uh, in his d- departure to Leeds. Um, so, Christian, I'm going to turn it over to you. You Tell me what your thoughts are on, on how we did this summer. 
Well, of course we wanted a defensive midfielder, right? But I think Varane is is just a Rolls Royce of central defender. He has speed. He can read the game. He's everything. Lindelof isn't. So he makes up for having to play two defensive midfielders, right? So he is a player and a half. Which then frees up just when Tomine is fit, hopefully he will be the, the holding midfielder, right? But of course we were getting Sancho anyway. But I think Ronaldo was really out of left field. Is that the yeah. correct phrase that you're using? That's okay. correct. Yep. Out of, out of left field. Going American. That's right. <laughs> and it's just, it's... Uh, like a lot of people maybe outside of United don't understand the impact that Ronaldo's had on the on the not only on the squad, on the team, but on the city. Like everybody's around the city singing Viva Ronaldo, right? It's it's gonna be such a, a big boost for everybody. So on my uh so the, both of the soccer teams that I play on, they're they're like talking about the detrimental effect having Ronaldo will do on the team. And it's like, come on, guys. He is a world-class player. He's, he's one of the two best players in the whole world, right? In history, maybe. Apart from Maradona and Pelé, right? One of the top four best players in the whole world. And uh, all he's going to do is bring that professionalism that we've been missing. That win-at-all-cost attitude that we've been missing. It's just a, an amazing signing. So hats off to Solskjaer for getting it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and in addition to what you're saying, uh, you know, by all accounts, he's a consummate professional, especially in the locker room. Uh, you know, there's been massive reports of, you know, him taking younger players under his wing, teaching them how to be more competitive, better players, you know, showing them the, the ropes. And I mean, we brought in Cavani last year with the hopes of him passing along a lot of his exceptional knowledge and being a, a top striker for a lot of years. And now we bring in Ronaldo in addition to that and, you know, tie that with his, his status, you know, already with the club and his history with the club. And, you, you know, you've got somebody that's just an absolute ambassador for, for younger players uh, that, uh, I mean, I, I am so happy about him coming back that I think that the tutelage that Mason Greenwood is going to be, and, and Marcus Rashford for that matter, will be getting under Cavani and, and Ronaldo at the same time, you know, we may not even need to consider going in for Holland next year. It may not even be necessary because we, we've got two fantastic strikers on, on the books. Now we've got Mason Greenwood, who everybody seems to loud as one of the best finishers. You know, the, the club has seen in a long time. I mean, there's only one English teenager who scored more goals than he has. That's Michael Owen. Uh, I mean, this is, he is one of the best, the best young players, finishing wise. Finishing wise, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you see. add in you add in Cavani and Ronaldo's intelligence and experience with making runs and creating space and beating defenders, and I mean, you know, Mason has uh, you know, his ceiling actually just got higher, which is kind well, of a scary thing to think. It was about. interesting with with Greenwood in that Wolves match. There was a shot he had. I think it was right, right before halftime, mm-hmm. and it was narrowly you know, narrowly missed. And, yep. it, and you just, in at least my opinion, I, you just knew the keeper got a touch because he would have never not yeah. put that on frame. Correct. And then of course it went out for a goal kick, but the keeper did get a touch and yep. you so knew it. You just like, you just you, tick off. But the... you knew when he took it, that he was going to put it on target. Right. It, yeah. He, and I agree. And, and with Ronaldo, you know, he, 
the way he eats, the way he trains, the way he cares for his body, the way he like he's the first one in, last one out. One of is is cliche and stupid as that sounds, but it's it's true. With he's his that age, ethic is is unparalleled. I mean, really, yeah. So. Yeah, and and there, you know, I, I know there's a lot, and I don't want to get into this because it's there, there's a lot of things that people are going to bring up with Ronaldo, and right. but with the this stuff we're talking about, you couldn't have had a, a better a better player brought in. You just can't right. 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 I, I'm I, I actually am excited for you because I think it's going to be fun for the league, and I have grown to hate Man City like I've never hated a club over the summer. <laughs> just welcome to our side. It. <laughs> but it's I think it's going to be fun. And and it's I'm really looking forward to, to having and, it back and just and see that energy and dedication in the league again. Yeah. And, so, and so I have a so I have a comment for you guys. So uh, so I'm super excited for him to come back. Right. But my so my wife has said, you know, so when we first started dating it was when Ronaldo first started playing. So that tells you how long ago it was. Right. <laughs> and she said, you should never go back. Never go back. Bell came back and it was fine. Yeah, it's. I think I think it can Bale, still happen. I mean, Bell came back. I mean, you guys made that joke to me last summer. It's true. And Bell Bell had a hell of a season. I mean, Mourinho Did tried he? to shut. He, he yeah, he scored twelve when, goals when he finally 12. came back and was healthy yeah. in the game. Twelve yeah. goals. Tw- yeah. tw- uh, don't don't do this. Don't do this. That I want We're to expecting Ronaldo to, to lead us to at least the Listen, league. Let me say this: Champions League this year. If not, if, scored twelve goals. No, no. Stop. Levels, <laughs> levels, I guess. Levels, I guess. Listen, listen. If if Ronaldo contributes as many goals per ninety as Bale did, you'll you'll be doing fine because he's going to actually play matches. You would you would take that comment and twist it into something that wasn't positive. Twelve goals for twelve goals from January on. You played like forty games in that time. All right, so <laughs> moving I hope on he from sucks. the Bale debate. I hope he sucks. <laughs> um. Honestly, one of the one of the things that, like, so I, I think United are even stronger title challengers now with the addition of Ronaldo. Um, yes, Christian was absolutely right. We we do still need a center, a central defensive mid. Um, that is still a, a an area of weakness for us. Um, however, I think that Ronaldo provides the the old John Madden effect of whichever team scores more goals is going to win the game. Um, we may give up more goals than we would like because of that, that hole in, in center defense. Yes. Veron's going to provide some cover, but I think Ronaldo has, gives us the opportunity to score more than the other team. And that, I mean, that's enough. Sometimes that's enough to win, to win championships. So Kyle, you have your hand raised. Yes. So, <laughs> so two things. Um, it's no coincidence that when the golf courses freeze over, Bale shows up and starts scoring goals. <laughs> um, you know, he had nothing better to do than score goals because the golf courses were frozen over. Um, my second point is, I can't remember what episode. It was one of the first ones you guys had me on when we talked transfers. And I said that um, you know, bringing in Jaden Sancho wasn't necessarily a statement of intent from United because that transfer should have been done last season. You know, it was great. It was, it must've been right after the announcement for Jane Sancho. Um, you know, that was great. They got it over the line, but it really wasn't a statement of intent. And at that point, the Varane rumors were starting to pick up. And I said, if you bring in Rafael Varane as a center back to pair with Harry Maguire, uh, that's a true statement of intent. And then you guys have done that. And you've also gone out and like Christian said, got one of the top five players of all time, you know, definitely the, 
top two players of our generation. Wait, um, who's that fifth player? Who's the fifth? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Anyone you anyone you want to throw in there, you know. Because I think it's I think it's subject or um, it's subjective. Yeah, I definitely think is it, Ronaldo is. It is. Though? Let's not <laughs> yeah. let's not tonight. That'll be a, that'll be a pod for next time. Let's, let's anyway, not. Re- look, regardless, my point is bringing in Ronaldo after having a window where you bring in Sancho and Varane is a true statement of intent. And, you know, it's a credit to the Glazers that they were actually able to get this done because we all know the Glazers and transfers don't really mix well. And um, it was, I mean, it's good business by United. I think they had one of the best windows from, the, from a Premier League team. So we'll move on next and the next section will be super brief. Um, so I, my question to Charles and Christian, because Ronaldo's going to expect to play 90 minutes as much as he can one game a week, probably, but given the midfield unbalance we've discussed and Ronaldo's age and lacking to an extent of tracking back his, does this kind of push you into a three man midfield with him? You think? I this, hope so. Yeah, I was say this this allows us to to I mean realistically with the the addition of Varane allows us to finally move to a real four three three. Um, the, who who is the three? I think I you, I know the three, but so ideally, um, I mean currently McTominay is out. So as as Christian said, um, I, McTominay is probably the ideal defensive midfielder in that scenario. Um, Pogba and uh, Fernandez as the attacking uh, central midfielders, and then a front three combination of Rashford, Cavani, Ronaldo, Greenwood, Sancho. You can you can make some mix and match in there. Pick, give, me, give me your best front your best front. <sighs> Who is it going to be against City? If we're if, if we're going against the City right now because Rashford's out, it's I'm going to put Greenwood, Sancho and No, no, no. No, and I'll fit. I'll fit firing. Oh, I'll fit then Pick then them. Rashford, uh Ronaldo and Sancho. So no Cavani. Greenwood, Correct. Cavani and Ronaldo for me. Oh, see, this is going to be fascinating because I would I would have Ronaldo, Cavani, and Sancho. See, I mean, it, Ole's already come out and said he sees Ronaldo as as a nine right now. But but Ronaldo in the past has outwardly said he doesn't want that. Now that was not for United. Yeah. He does have a different relationship with the club. He might be more willing, yeah. you know, to do something like that. But that I'm I'm fascinated to watch that. Let, let's Cavani, move on. Me too. Cavani's movement is just so phenomenal. Oh, he's so top. good. It's he's amazing. So good. Um, so we've talked a lot about United. So let's move to a club that won't take as long. Um, Jen and Eric, what what business did you guys do? You're both muted. Do you want to just skip the section or? Yeah, all right. I think they fell asleep. Oh, she's back. <laughs> oh, that was Michael Edwards fell asleep. Okay, so don't, I mean, don't jump whether, in. So, so I mean, signed, whether they're uh, muted or not, that's, that's that's the amount of business they've done. Well, yeah. so so they signed Konate. We've talked about that from from uh, Leipzig central central yeah, defender. I think we did, we discussed million. that in what like late April, early May. It was done super yeah. early. Yeah, it was done yeah, super they, early. Hell of a signing. Great player. <laughs> Great player, Eric. What do you have? What's up, you losers? <laughs> you wankers <laughs> thought you were going to sign somebody? Get out of here! Seriously. When our <laughs> bullpen's going down faster than Kim Kardashian and a Fenway, Frank? Are you serious? There's no way. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we'll give you 80-year-old Bobby Orr and teach you some headers. Get out of here. Go Sox, boo stankies. I'm out. <laughs> Did anybody know that was coming? Oh. 
No. Oh, that was fantastic. I had no idea. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my neighbor. He's a jerk. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I totally oh my God. That was fantastic. 100%. Amazing. Absolutely. I hope everybody, uh, we got to post this one to YouTube, by the way. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we've been doing that, but we have to post this one or at least clip that because oh. that was great. <laughs> that, that whole sequence was great. Oh, wow. So, but, uh, so a, now a, that Boston no, a, Eric is gone, um, <laughs> what, what, what we, got Matt, we got Matt, Matt Liverpool Eric back, the regular one. But, but uh, it's, uh, you, you guys see me every day crying on Twitter about the lack of transfers. And to me, it's just, it's almost, it's almost negligence. Like we have a freaking Spurs fan telling, oh, Liverpool's biggest issue is lack of depth. He sees it. Everybody else sees it. Klopp sees it because when, when he was desperate for, for goals against Chelsea, did he bring in, uh, did he bring in Minamino? Did he bring in Origi? Hell no. Cause he trust them because they're bums. They can't play. At all. How much did you spend on uh, the Japanese chap? That I don't have the number in front. I have to look it up. But uh, what? How much, Jen? Twenty-five million, something like that. Well, that's a lot of money. How about Ari Ari Gimi? Ari Gimi? Ari Ari Oh, I don't know. He's been. He was like years, fifteen. But... Yeah, that that yeah. was a that was a purchase off the back of a overinflated World Cup. That was not good Liverpool business. Mm. But the fact that we have you know, these gaping holes at, at forward and, and midfield, and we're going to start playing three games a week now. What God forbid somebody gets hurt. I mean, our our uh, injury record hasn't been good in the last couple of years. And now we got Michael Edwards leaving. It's coming out the last couple of days that he's not going to be with the club anymore. And there's just something weird going on, man. I'm not, you know, Mr. Conspiracy Theory per se, but, you know, with uh, the, the cryptic Wijnaldum stuff when he left, I can't really yes, say what's is. going on. He is, but... he is, he is. A conspiracy uh, person. Yeah. What, when all of them said he didn't feel valued or something, right? Like he didn't feel like the club wanted him. Yeah, he, he did. And he said the man, it was, he goes, it wasn't the manager or my teammates. It was the front office. And he didn't go into any more detail. He's like, it'll come out soon or something like that. And that's all he left to that. But all right. just so, that's Betty in the front office. All right. Um, but, but so half the group is going to be paranoid about Edwards leaving. And then a lack of business being done. So, well, Skiff, if I'm not mistaken, was talking about Michael Edwards like he was his godson about 12 months ago. So let's not twist the opinion of Michael Edwards that existed um, previously. So, you know, we do record these, Skiff. If if you'd like to go back and we can clip that for you, uh, I think it was while you were talking shit about Ed Woodward, which is deeply ironic given the state of things. Um, so, hey, Kanata is a good player. You have some injured players coming back, not in attack, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Harvey Elliott is the, is the one that said rude things. So Jen wants me to hurry up. I guess I won't continue talking about no business that didn't happen. Uh, next was no, but Spurs. It's, it's, oh, never mind. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's going to get rid, you know, we're going to find, you know, two, one of two ways, you know, I, it's kind of the obvious territory here, but we're going to find at the end of the season, everything's going to work out. And those guys are going to contribute. We're going to get to where we need to be at one of the, or one or more of the competitions or B the lack of transfer is going to bite us in the butt. And those fans are going to turn on FSG more than they, they have now. So it's going to get really ugly. Either and, way, and be- you know, before, before we move on, just so everybody knows Michael Edwards is the head of uh, recruitment and player acquisitions for Liverpool. And Skiff loves him. So um, next was Spurs. Um, we, I'm pleased with the window. Spurs fans are perennially whiny and moaners and complain about everything. And I hate them. 
Um, they complained about the window. I think it was like a seven out of 10. We sold a lot of players we needed to sell with high wages that were old. Average squad age went down like three and a half years, which is great. Um, Sissoko, Alderweirel, Lamella, Charles, your favorite. Lamella, he's gone. Joe Hart, we, we sold Joe Hart for money. Like somebody paid money for Joe Hart, which is hilarious. Not just somebody, Celtic. Celtic. And then he had a he was horrible last week. It was hilarious. Um, we, we got rid Who of Aurier. So it was, it was a good window. We, it went like Pochettino said, we needed to have a painful rebuild, but that started. Um, it's too much That's business it. to do in one window, but um, we started it and she did a good job. We brought some did good you, players. Did you? Did we what? Bring you good players. We brought in the defender of the year from Serie A. Oh, I know you did. Yes. Christian Romero. <laughs> we brought in Emerson Royale from Barcelona right back who just signed a contract a month ago with the 300 million pound buyout clause we sold him sold him for 24 million euro pounds um and brian hill it's a great a nice left winger from from uh sevilla it, we did we did good he business looked, he looked really good against that uh that just above high school team that you played in the conference league against the fighting adobe acrobats that's the one and they couldn't play romero in that game just in case okay are you guys done no not you not yet not okay yet. Got, but so go ahead well, I'm trying to make this fast and you, and, you, and you continue to quip while you complain that I talk too much. Um, <laughs> well, when we're so, talking, you're not talking, so it's okay. Okay, you know. <laughs> I like that you're pausing like you're a teacher, but it's so awesome. Yeah. I okay. shouldn't have found that as funny. I'm so right? sorry. So, <laughs> the so... teacher's face, he gave us a teacher's face so badly then. Are you so... all ready? <laughs> so yeah but uh, honestly i'm glad we sold some players and we brought some young players in because that's what we needed to do there's more business to be done but i don't expect it all to be done in one window so i like romero i like who we brought in and i'm i'm interested to see what we do moving forward i feel better about the club coming out of the window than i did going in it, you know regardless of results so I'm, I'm pleased i have a question for you scott if you could have done one more move what would it have been position or player um, a, a mid, well, it depends because Ndombele wanted to leave and he didn't. Yeah. So he needs to not be a, a prick and get it together and play. Um, we, we need more depth in midfield that can move the ball forward. So a central midfielder that can progress the ball would be what I say. But it, it, the way Nuno wants to play, you have to progress the ball and run a lot. Delhi's running 12 kilometers to match. Uh, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot of running and not just anyone can do that in a role that also creates chances. That's a very unique skill set, And it's, it, that's the main concern I have for Nuno is that he requires that. And there's not a lot of those players. So a midfielder that can do that, a run and fight and, and progress the ball is what I would have chosen. Cause bringing in, we brought it right back in today, Emerson Royale from Barcelona that frees up Tanganga to play in central defense. I wanted a central defender, but now Tanganga can slide back there. If you don't remember, he's the one that put Grealish on his backside and Sterling as well. Um, well, to be minutes, fair, so. a stiff breeze put Grealish on his backside too, so that's not saying much. Well, if if a 20-year-old academy player can pocket a 100 million pound player, then that's listen, oh, I'm not going to Yeah, that was so. That was more just a comment that Jack Grealish Yeah, I know. Was, I know, Jack but make it awkward. Yeah, so I, I'm I, I'm pleased with the defense, um, which right. is weird considering where we were. So, so to Doherty, is he not right back in the middle? So, so he'll so he'll be oh, I'm Doherty. Doherty. 
I'm curious to see how that plays out though, because so Aria left today, we terminated his contract, like get out. Um, so I, I guess he'll be third choice right back. Conference league, probably. Yeah, he, he mm-hmm. did play against Paco Cedar Ferreira, didn't he? And did, he was good. Didn't that was, you, that was did you guys level. buy him from Wolves? Yeah. So, but that was the thing. All the fans were like, oh, Nuno will be great for Doherty. Right. But Nuno sold Doherty. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and then he bought another right back and he's playing in the academy. <laughs> well, walks, so, right. walks into that's the locker room. That's not a good sign for sure. Right? It's not. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, now right. let's move on to laughing at City. Oh, as so we good. like to do. So City's, City's transfer window consisted of. I feel so Jack. bad. I have muted. Another, did another. Did you just say you feel so bad? Really? What? No. So we, we talked about Chelsea bringing in another midfielder, right? Like much of a muchness, as Tim Sherwood would say. Mm-hmm. I like Grealish. I, I liked him. I hate him now, of course. <laughs> um, but did they need that kind of player? Like, <laughs> it's worse well, than Chelsea's midfield. If if you feel. If you feel the way that I do about Raheem Sterling, yes, absolutely, you needed to bring in Jack Grealish. But why? What, what do they do differently in actual – I know they play differently. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. But in goal contributions and <laughs> ball progression, it's the same contribution. It looks a lot different. Charles, but that's you need another, I think it Charles, looks a lot different. What? All right, for future reference, you need to include, like, like arm movements. Yes. Yes, for the for the non-visual, he's pointing right. to himself. Yeah, right. but yes. but I mean, Sterling progresses the ball. Grealish progresses the ball. De Bruyne progresses the ball with the pass, not the run. Who? There's no like they should have spent that money on Kane first. They're so stupid. And Pep is a whiner, <laughs> and and it it was honestly bad business on City's behalf, in my opinion, which they don't aren't guilty of very often to bring in that player first. Jack Grealish is a United or a Tottenham type player. Correct. He's definitely not a City City kind of player. No. So I agree with you, Scott. That he should have. The City should have gone for Kane first, right? And then yep. if they had money left over, and then give back to Villa. Villa would have sold him less than hundred million. Oh, definitely. It, right? And on the last day of the window, too. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that was he probably could have gone happen. for like seventy or eighty to right. to somebody else today. So so whatever Tottenham's. Initial evaluation was City should have paid that, and then it was like twenty more million. That all, it was? all they had to pay. Yeah, yeah. They bid. They bid. They bid one thirty. I think one fifty would have done it. At least one fifty yeah. would have gotten a phone call answered. Right. Pep, Pep whined and said Levy wouldn't even answer the phone. Like, which is it completed me. I had a really bad week at work, but that made me so happy. Well, well, well didn't like City <laughs> offer something ridiculous, like 80 million, but the first, yeah, the, was, like, the first really offer was low. 70 million guaranteed, yeah. including yeah. players plus add-ons. And th- at that yeah. point, Levy was never going to talk to him again. Yeah. Right. He's so stubborn. It was, it was, it was the highlight of my life to see Pep get told no. Cause and every now, club he's, every club he's been at, they've opened the checkbook and just bought whoever he wanted. Yeah, and they did it at Barcelona about, and Bayern. Yeah, now he's talking about retiring. becoming a national team manager. I'm not retiring. <laughs> Levy battered him into retirement. That's the funniest thing. Um, I'm trying to find the quote. He said, uh, Tottenham didn't want to negotiate. They didn't want to talk, so we didn't talk. We tried to open the door, but the big master of negotiations, Daniel Levy, who knows everything, wouldn't. Maybe I would do <laughs> the same if I had Harry Kane. 
Like that is the most butthurt shit I have ever heard. And then later in that press conference, he says that he's going to retire from, from city in 2023 at the, at the end of his contract. Oh God. So, so that, in this window, that... Levy has retired pep. He sent Messi to away from Barcelona and, and like, he's just torn, torn city to shreds. I, I love it. That statement is the meme where the guy pulls the mask over his face of smiling, but behind it, he's just crying like tears and just angry. That's what that is. The big master of negotiations, Daniel Levy. Like you don't say that out loud. Like that's what you say to like your friends on the phone, you know? Oh, it's so good. And just so everybody knows that the rumor that isn't true, but it was the rumor is that Messi left Barcelona because they wouldn't sign Christian Romero from Atalanta. So that's why I made that joke that Levy battered him into retirement. But yeah, so. but I, I agree. This is a good player. And I think said he did some good business. They bought some good young players and loaned them back out, but we'll see. Oh, well, no, they, they brought in Kai Kaiki, I guess they Kaiki. were, they, yeah. yeah, they bought him and they were going to initially loan him, but apparently they're bringing him into the first team because of, uh, I guess, the inability <laughs> to get Harry Kane. So they've had to recall him from the loan they were going to initially send him on. Yeah, they had to pay a fee to recall him from his loan. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's City paying a City group team anyway. So they're paying themselves to bring their player back. That's great. All right, so, so let's talk about the... Uh... I know it's scary that I'm saying this. Let's talk about the big spenders of the window. The team that spent the most money on transfers. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. We won't then. We won't talk about Arsenal. <laughs> so um, what is it? They brought, they brought Nuno Tavares in from Benfica. Um, Laconga from Anderlecht. Ben White from Brighton. Odegaard from Madrid. Ramsdale from Bournemouth for 30 million gross and uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu from Bologna for 20 million. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. Of, what, 150 of those signings are, and this is going to sound really harsh. Are any of them any good relative to what they paid for them? I would say, cause I think Ben White is decent for, for 50 like, million. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not good relative to 50 million. Okay. But he's like a Brighton defender. That's a, that was a factual statement up until recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Tomiyasu United paid yeah. about 50 million for world class Varan. Yeah. That the like literally the thing was like hit unmute because you laugh so loud. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Ben White's not a fifty million pound player. No, no. I mean, of the players that they brought in, uh, maybe Lakonga, maybe this the the I say his name again, the guy that they just signed today, Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu. These are the two good that have probably the most promise um, to really like break into the Arsenal squad and actually do something worthwhile. Um, but overall, man, what well, Arsenal's. It's just Odegaard is the reason you don't loan players without the op- option to buy, right? I mean, they right. they spent forty million to make their team no better than it was last I, season. I I don't I don't hate the 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 Odegaard move uh, mainly because I mean I thought he felt he looked like he felt pretty comfortable with Arsenal and and well he's a good well player. Players, yeah, um, he's not making them exceptionally better, but mainly that's because he was on the team last year. Um, right. 
but like the 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 keeper move made very little sense to me spending that kind of million money. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just don't get it i i'm i'm baffled by this and again we you know we talked earlier i don't think arteta is keeping his job for very much longer so that's a lot of money to spend on a team that's gonna or on players that are gonna have a new manager what is interesting so tomiyasu was linked to spurs for a long time he was the, like i said earlier the first player that we were linked to under paratici and he was going to be our right back in a kind of wonky back four where the left side is where we pushed up. How's that going to work with Arsenal? You know, like they don't have the balanced. I don't know. It's just weird. And he's a good player. That's not going to fit. And he's going to want out of there soon because he's going to be pretty good. I think. And I, I, I don't know. Arsenal have spent so much money on center backs the past two and a half years. They brought in William Saliba, who they've loaned out twice. They brought in Pablo Marie, who got bullied by Lukaku the first game of the season. Or was it? Yeah, second game. Yeah, second game of the season. They brought in Ben White, who is still getting comfortable being in the back. You know, it's they've spent so much money on center backs, and they've spent so much money overall this window. And like Scott said, you can argue they really haven't gotten any better. So. It's, I think the best move they made was getting Williams contract off the books. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. But I, I guess the <laughs> that, question that's, though, that's a, that's sailing under lucky stars for them. Cause uh, I mean, most, I think many players would just be like, yeah, I'll just sit on the bench and, and collect my, my money. Well, that's, I, I don't, I know I'm going to make this past Spurs, but just for 10 seconds, that's what I loved about the REA move. Cause that's what he did. He refused every offer. There was half a dozen clubs that we had a deal agreed with, and he turned them all down. He was hmm. just going to sit. We're like, all right, we'll pay you. Get out. Just go. Just don't deal with the, with the BS. Like, get them yeah. out. Yeah. So. And, but, but even if they get their defense in their midfield, if, if that Aubameyang is what we're going to see, does, does it even matter what Odegaard does or what Tomiyasu does? I mean, who's going to score the goals? That's a great question. When, when do we start talking about Saka like we talk about Kane? Like, when does he need to leave Arsenal to win something? I think he needs next, to grow still. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He needs to go ASAP. Well, next yeah, I, know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree I with you. What I'm saying is that, is that he needs to go somewhere where he can grow. He's not growing at Arsenal. Right. And I don't even mean that as like the Spurs fans, no. you know, talk no, about Arsenal. No, that's, just... that's looking at the player and, and his potential Yeah, directly. So, absolutely, I agree. Um, all right, so we're round up with a couple other uh, teams that we had some some notable uh, acquisitions this uh, this transfer window. Crystal Palace signed Eduard from from Celtic. Uh, Scott, you you seem to think this one's a, a pretty good one. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's one of those where he's linked to anybody like City. He was linked to City. He was linked to Spurs. Linked to every club that might sell a striker to city or Spurs to replace that striker. And then he ends up at palace. Something must be wrong with him. Like he's passed his sell by date or something. Um, but the same thing happened with Erickson from Ajax. We got him for like 12 million and everybody wondered like, what's wrong with this guy? We got him for 12 million. He's better than us. Um, so maybe he'll come good. I hope not. But uh, that, that was a strange one. He was on the list of, of players to replace Kane potentially. Yeah, so Palace cheap. needs Palace needs the help though. So I mean, that's they're they're not scoring yeah. goals right now, and that's that's a big problem. And that team got torn down like <clears throat> so many free agents left, which they needed mm-hmm. to. But right. I'm curious, to, and he, so he'll pair up there with Zaha, mm-hmm. and God, what's the kid's name? We talked about him last season from um, 
this is a great podcast. I can't remember that. You know who I'm talking about, Charles. <laughs> yes, I do. I can see Young his player. face. I'm oh, to... uh, Eze, Eze, Eze. Uh, Eze. Eberiki, Eze. Eze. That's right. That's Eze. right. Keep, yeah. QP, thank you. Here we can see we're going. We're going. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. We're, co- we're cooking with oil now. But that's a good front three. I mean, really, that's a good front three. Now they're midfield and their defense, absolute cheeks. But the front three will be exciting. It'll be an opportunity for Patrick Vieira to really show his stuff, though, as a manager, yeah. if they can even get yeah. them. Now, he might have to play in midfield, but the front three is good. True. <laughs> so, um, so some more interesting business. Norwich um, signed Josh Sargent. Yep. which will be interesting. One of one of our very own. Good for the American. Um, he was he was doing well. Uh, came from Wolfsburg, is that right? Or Werder Bremen? Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen. Yeah. Wolfsburg sorry. was way better. Different, yeah. Different W club. He would have scored goals um, for that team. Right. <laughs> so good opportunity for him to to cut his teeth in the Premier League. Honestly, um, you know he he started off. I know when he came on the scene with the U.S. national team, a lot of a lot of big talk about a lot of upside. Hasn't kind of taken off as much as he would like, but he's still young, still has an opportunity. I mean, and if there's a place where you can, you know, really kind of stand out, I think Norwich is a place that you can definitely do that. I mean, everybody knew Timu Puki last year uh, because of the things that he did and, and almost, and they knew a few other players from the squad, but it's an opportunity for him really to make a name and then hopefully transfer upwards. Um, and they also brought in that failed Liverpool defender. Uh, the spitter. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Kabak. Kabak. Well, I, I think Sargent will be excellent in the championship next season. Possibly. Hope so. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I have high hopes for him. I like, I hope he does well this no, season. I do too. Not that Norwich I, are going to do They're well, going to get but, relegated. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, hopefully he'll have an opportunity to move upwards. Maybe, maybe he'll go play for Newcastle or something next year. Upwards. So they'll be relegated too. Okay. So, um, so we talked a little bit about Grealish. Um, I think we'll just touch on Villa real quick because I think they spent that money pretty well. Um, they brought in um, Emmy Buendia from Brentford for a lot of money. I think it was they overspent a little bit, $38 million, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Ings, who they signed like a black cat in the night. Like I did, they weren't linked, and then it was done. And that um, rubber stamp Southampton getting relegated. And uh, Leon Bailey, they brought in quietly and quickly too he's a super talented winger he's also been linked with all of our clubs i feel like at some point um Hmm. from uh leverkusen leverkusen right yeah yeah so that that is a a potentially exciting when you pair him with uh with ollie watkins up top i think that that could be a a pretty good team and a good move good 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 good, good, good window it's a second strong window in a row small point of order emmy wendy it came from norwich oh sorry Sorry, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking in Buemo from from Brentford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's but it's that's two good windows in a row for Villa in the summer. So I, I think they'll be stably in the you know ninth through twelfth conversation. Yeah. So I, right. I think I think we've we've run long here. Yeah, we um, have. We run we run a little long on time. Um, so we are not going to be able. We're not going to get to our our, fa- our recap on fantasy uh, for this week. I'm just going to highlight hey, that uh, the, the person the person that moved up the most this week was me up to tenth uh from 19 so pretty pretty excited about that um but i do want to kick it over to eric we're gonna we are gonna finish off with our uh, our classic uh, what in the world of football so eric take it away and uh i had a uh i had a 69 score it's not bad the average was 54 in the league not the draft league but the other league i had a 69 almost 70 that's not too bad for me so that's real good nice yeah. eric allow me to tell you nice <laughs> 
So nowadays, guys, it's hard being a referee. You got me screaming at him through the TV. You got uh, uh, Tommy Tuchel giving him an earful for the uh, the bar uh, red card. But nobody had it harder than uh, a referee in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. He just lost it because he gave a player, it was an adult league game, and he gave a red card to one of the players. A small scuffle broke out uh, over the red card. The referee went across the street, grabbed a gun, and then came back and started shooting a single shot toward the player in the crowd and then was subsequently arrested. So I guess he snapped, took out a 45, and just started firing away like a 70 Sam in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. So I don't know if that happens to your league, Christian, but it's kind of wild. I mean, Jacksonville is, you know, a rough place sometimes, but I don't know if it, uh, it really gives us uh, any of that kind of the, the violence record. Hey, Christian? No. Yeah. No. Huh? no, no, that's it. I said no. Oh, okay, you, you, the, the audio didn't come through. So, <laughs> always, always was... you go. <laughs> but he said no, like that happened once, and he didn't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of how it came across. Like no, that's because that's the investigation is still on. Right, still pending. I actually can't speak about that on record. Yeah, I mean so. there are stories, but none that I can. Yeah, tell. man, F- football football is quite a game. It's quite a game. So I want to thank everybody for uh, for joining us, this uh, wonderful transfer deadline day edition of uh, the Five at the Back podcast. Uh, we are going to be posting this on YouTube uh, for everybody's uh, wonderful enjoyment. So you can check out uh, uh, Boston Eric in his full getup. Uh, <laughs> it was it was enjoyable to experience. Uh, I can, you know, speaking for myself, but uh, yeah, we'll have that up for, for everybody. And, uh, we look forward to another great slate of games this coming weekend. I know, um, Christian, we play Newcastle, I believe this weekend. Is that right? Not this weekend, but when we come back. Oh, internationals, okay. internationals. That's right. This weekend is international. I'm already, I'm already looking ahead. I want, I'm ready for Ronaldo to, to step on the field. So we got internationals this weekend. So, um, enjoy your, your national team and, uh, we'll see you all next week.